0: Will I come back like Jordan wearing the 405? Hey, what's yes, up? Welcome back, JE. Welcome to Don't Trust the Punch. What episode is this? I think this is eight, eight of season two of season two. And, yes sir. We yes, back sir. up in this mug, man. Can't I was bad. on, <laughs> I was on vacation. I was in Alabama and and uh, Orange Beach, um. And I just want to get in. We we was talking in the group chat a little bit, but this was my first, like, legit vacation. Um, I've traveled, I've been places, you know, they've been tied to, like, work or, you know, concerts, funerals, family reunions, things like that. But this was my first legit seven-day vacation where I didn't have nothing to worry about. We planned a day as we went. It just was beautiful um seeing the, the ocean waking up in the morning seeing the ocean sitting on the balcony at night seeing the ocean it just was lovely man so i came back refreshed um i didn't know how gangster pelicans were um, <laughs> pelicans are some gangsters man <laughs> seeing them dive in that ocean get the fish and and just chilling like. And they're huge birds. Like if yes. them,
1: they start chasing you or whatever, if you're like next to one, you realize this is a
0: giant freaking bird. Yes, mm-hmm. they be moving too. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, so that vacation was dope. Um, how's How was y'all weeks? What was your
1: favorite part of about the Gulf, man? The Gulf Coast. What was your favorite part besides the
0: ocean? Um, shoot actually that was my favorite man the beach just being on the beach just chilling like i even the first day because we were we were with a big group of people it's probably like 30 of us wow um so just being on the beach and jace getting experience this he's five years old so he'll remember this but like i didn't get to go to the beach till i was like 16 17 years old and Damn. he's five so um just I got super emotional that first time after the that's beach. Awesome. like that's good. It was super dope, man. Super dope. See, that's stuff
2: I feel like people take for granted. Like hearing you be so appreciative of your trip, vacation, experiencing that with your son, mm-hmm. even how you felt just as a grown-ass man. Like that's somebody might be listening to this mug and be like, you went to the beach and got emotional. You know what I'm saying? Like some people just don't know. Like I was born for the people that don't know, I was originally born in Daytona Beach, Florida. So obviously I grew up with a beach, but we quickly moved to Atlanta when I was like very, very young. And I say that to say not necessarily about, well, I guess it is about me and the point that I'm making. My cousin, uh, shout out Herb T, I felt like he kind of took the the, uh, beach for granted because it was always there. Hmm. And then he went to school. He came up to Atlanta to go to Morehouse and being away from it. And then when you go back, you kind of like, because we don't have no beach you got the, man, the bootleg man-made beach that was in Clay County, you <laughs> feel me? You got Lake like got bodies in it. You know, you got Lake Lanier, but the black folk, we don't swim in the lake cause we know better. You see what I'm saying? And that, that was pretty much it. You went to Myrtle Beach or you went somewhere on the coast to enjoy a beach. But my point is like somebody that's always had access to a beach or went to a beach a, a bunch of times throughout life can take it for granted. And here, Josh make that statement and, and be slightly confused. But it's just, I say that to say it's not as normal for everybody, as some people may think, you know what I'm saying? And uh, appreciate that more. Because Senator, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even when you went to Playa, I was on your head top for a slight minute, you know what I'm saying? And it was just a brief moment, you know what I'm saying? Senator was just kind of just adjusting. But I'm like, bro, you live by the beach. And he was like, I, I'm walking distance from the beach. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? And I know the beach look 10 times better than Daytona Beach, you know what I'm saying? The scenery and the water, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and the food available. So I won't go on a long rant or whatever, but I'm just saying like, that's, awesome to hear you say that man and I think that for the people that's listening and just I mean, don't mean do take anything in life for granted but specifically like things that you think is so normal you know what I'm saying like don't take them joints for granted because you shouldn't Yep.
1: yeah I think the beautiful thing too that you said Josh and we were talking about this in the chat was just like and what was probably most emotional for you and Jace was that you as a black man being able to get away from the everyday grind and experience that sort of rest, you know what I'm saying? And just like that freedom with your son and for him to be able to have that early on in life and be like, okay, I don't have to work my fingers to the bone. Cause most black families, like you said, aside from like a a family reunion or something like that. And for most folks in the South, like in Georgia, you might go to cross the line to Alabama to have a family reunion. You might cross the line and go to uh, Florida to have a family reunion, but there's a whole lot of people in Atlanta ain't never left the deck. You know what I'm saying? Like for real. So just to be able, like, even when my mom came to visit she ain't had no vacation since, when I was living in Mexico, like she ain't really just take time away, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so just to be able to understand the rhythm of rest that's necessary for us as humans, that's to train our children, to be able to do that, be like, whatever you're going through, whatever you got going on, it will be there when you come back, but the opportunity for your soul to rest, you know what I'm saying? For you to experience and to be exposed to something new and different. Sometimes the some opportunities pass us by, pass us
0: by and we need it. We need it. Word. And I, I got an answer to your question. The seafood, Senator. I was, that's what the I was seafood. thinking. I'm a seafood lover. So that's the freshest seafood I ever had in my life. That's awesome. It was amazing. So Dude, glad to hear that
2: it didn't disappoint.
0: Yeah. And then being in Portland or Oregon um, do, or Washington, actually, I should say, um, do y'all have fresh seafood because y'all by the ocean?
1: So the big thing here is because we have such a large East Asian population, so Japanese, Pacific Islanders, Chinese, Filipino, a lot of the food here. The big food, hands down, is just any sort of Asian cuisine, even Vietnamese stuff like pho. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like Pacific Island type stuff with the... um, Dang, I forgot what they call that. They like they do like an egg roll type thing. Oh, was oh uh lumpia, lumpia. Oh,
0: lumpia is fire. It's so
1: good, right? And it's fire. it is essentially a Chinese egg roll, but it's it's kind of better than an egg roll. It is way you know better, what I'm saying? It's better. better. Um, and sushi. So that's the big thing here is sushi. Everybody likes okay. sushi. And then of course, just like fresh fish in general, like salmon, like you're gonna probably have some of the best salmon here than yeah. you could get in the United States, maybe Alaska, but it's just as good here. So yeah though mm-hmm. though let us begin then gentlemen um rando question we're gonna begin with the rando as usual um who was your role model growing up could be real or fictional who was your role model growing up and if you still have one who's a person of influence or a role model for you today real or imaginary
0: mm. yeah <clears throat> I would say, I guess, growing up, um, MJ, Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a big Jordan fan. Um, Even though though I was born in 91, like, being in Cincy, I remember, like, because my dad's a barber, getting my haircuts on Sundays, watching the Bulls play on WGN and stuff like that. Um, So I was a big basketball fan a big Michael Jordan fan. And then Space Jam. So uh, another thing I got to experience... Space Jam was a big movie for me because I think it came out in '96. I was five years old. Wow, the, uh, the new Space Jam had that same effect on Jace. So, this year, because you know LeBron's coming up being close to retirement, I want to make sure. So, when they play the Pacers this year, I want to take Jace to go see LeBron because Space Jam was a big moment for him. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would say MJ for sure, and then now, mm-hmm. um. Now, I don't really have one. And I would say that's something I want to change. I do, I want to kind of like find a mentor for this stage in my life. Um, you know, just to hold me accountable, stuff like that to learn from and things like that. Yeah, for sure. G Reezy.
2: Mm, I think the first person that came to mind when you asked that is my mom. I feel like off the rip, that's the first person, like real life, like real everyday influence. But when I think about, you know, my dreams and aspirations growing up to be a professional baseball player, the very first person that I identified with was Ricky Henderson. Mm -hmm. He's a baseball player. He played for a couple of different teams, but his most legendary time was with the Oakland A's. And when my mom and my dad divorced, my dad and like a lot of his brothers, they typically like all follow each other. So if you move out to Tacoma, Washington, Senator, your brothers and just they everybody coming out to Tacoma, Washington, they move like a unit. And I remember just growing up and being a fan of them uh, by Oakland, Oakland A's by default because they were fans. We would go to the games and this is around the, like Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco era, you know what I'm saying, for the, for the people that don't know. And Ricky Henderson, I identified with him because I was shorter growing up. Ricky Henderson was definitely not a tall guy. He's very fast. I was fast when I was little. He was still bases, And so he was just a, a person that I just like, could like, again, just relate to. So I would say that on the athletic level. And then like a couple of years later, uh, Deion for sure, Deion Sanders. But yeah, and, and shout out Ken Griffey Jr. too. Well,
0: who you got some Cincinnati's zone, Cincinnati's zone. He's from Cincinnati? Yes, sir.
2: I didn't know that. I know he played with the uh, Reds for a minute, right?
0: Yeah, he played for the Reds, he went to high school here. I ain't know that. Everything.
2: Prettiest swing in MLB history, Not even debatable.
1: Anybody today, G-Rock, that you consider a role mm-hmm. model or a major influence? <clears throat>
0: mm.
2: My brother-in-law then, Calvin, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like Calvin been Shout there with me. Calvin. Yeah, Calvin with me from uh, like super early on, like as a young man, like he's the reason He's the reason I am uh, exist in the digital world as an entrepreneur and a digital marketer and a lot of different things. So a lot of credit, you know, a lot of people want to be self-made. They want to be able to boast and say they, you know what I'm saying? I, I definitely still got it out the mud, but it was him even showing me the mud in the first place. It'd be like, yo, if you you dig, play around in this, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's There's potential stuff. in that mud. It's some good stuff past, past the dirty, you know what I'm saying, the dirt. So. Um, yeah man you know I, I won't I won't get into that you know what I'm saying but he definitely um been a major influence especially as somebody that's like, we're about 10 years apart so yeah I'll, I'll leave it at that that's a bad man that's good um for me uh role
1: model growing up was Dwayne Wayne um mm. on A Different World I mean that's I, beautiful I, yeah I've waxed poetically about that that show a lot in my life but I mean, it was the first image that we ever had on television of young black intelligent people in college, you know? Um, and it was really at a time when there were so many caricatures of young black men, whether it was, you know, it was like JJ from Good Time. So it was like you growing up in the hood and you were almost kind of like this minstrel show type black man
2: mm-hmm.
1: or what would happen a couple of years after Dwayne Wade was Family Matters And then you had a caricature that of a a black boy, whereas if you were smart then you had to be nerdy like you couldn't it wasn't cool to be a smart, intelligent black man. But what was so dope about a different world and with Dwayne Wayne was that he was always fresh, but he had some of the best was wearing Jordans on television before really anybody else was wearing Jordans on TV. Had a perfect score on his SAT, was fresh, wore glasses, highly intelligent, highly sought off and, you know what I'm saying, and appealing to women, wasn't never no lame, knew who he was, was comfortable in his Blackness, you know what I'm saying? And then as the show progressed, ended up being a professor to like pass back to kids. And so I grew up kind of walking around a college campus with my mom working at Emory and kind of it was just, I didn't know it, but my mom had always knew the reason why she worked there and would stay there was so that I would be able to go there one day. But with all the twists and turns and stuff in my life, it's just crazy how I look back in so many aspects of the man that I am and that I want to be came from me seeing and imaging Dwayne Wayne. So shout out to Kadeem Hardison. Um, today, I'm like you, Josh, like I really deeply desire You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To to have a a male mentor. I've got Lord's blessed me with a lot of amazing women in my life, my mom and just a whole bunch of women um, who are who are good leaders and good examples and who care about me. But I don't have a lot of men. I had a great conversation with my dad earlier today, but uh, I digress. But yeah, I'm looking for that, too looking for someone and looking to be the type of man that can like recognize when there are young men who are looking up to me and be intentional about being humble enough to like reach for them. And also still, no matter how successful I get, be humble enough to be looking to the OGs and be like, Abra hey, I still need some counseling, some wisdom, some like accountability, all of that. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I'm with you. That was good. That was a good segment of Rando. It was. It was. It was. Let's move right on then to the meat and potatoes then of today's episode. We had a lot of new music uh, this week, four in particular that we're going to discuss, and we're going to kind of try to go quickly and chop it up, but also be thorough with this. And in the midst of this, we've got, I think, a nice little topic to kind of deep dive in. First things first, The Game, Drillmatic. Uh, The Game released, what, what album is this? It's like his fifth or sixth studio release? Um...
2: Somebody hit the fat check.
1: Yeah, someone can Google that real quick. Um, but it is 31 that. songs. I'm going to say that again. The game released an album called Drillmatic. That's, that's number one. Let, that, <laughs> let all that marinate. <laughs> that has 31 songs. Gentlemen thoughts on the game as an artist and his approach
0: to albums i think this is his eighth um he has a lot of mixtapes so i have to count through that but go ahead g rock now but
2: i'm gonna be quick because i feel like you know saying josh is the headliner of this conversation you know senator and i we, we we're opening up for him let's be clear game is a really really good rapper like let's not get it twisted with all the however you may feel about You cannot say that the man can't rap. However, me personally, I think that he has allowed so much other stuff, like many rappers, he has allowed so much other stuff to outshine his talent to the point where I don't think nowhere near as many people are invested or interested in him like that. I think people respect him. Like, oh, he can rap. No one's going to ever say he's a whack rapper unless they just a hater. You know what I'm saying if you got ears and you appreciate and you know anything about hip hop, you know the man can rap and he could rap, he he raps really well. Um so with that being said, 31 songs. I don't know why that was, you know, unless you unless you're exclusively focused on streaming numbers and the more songs I put out, the more streams I can get. If that was the thought process, then cool. But I just personally feel that, you know, working with a producer like Hit Boy that's been on a a tear as of late, why not break that up into either two projects or multiple projects or whatever the case may be? But I didn't listen to it because I I have no interest to listen to it. Um, I know there's a a song that I I won't get into it, but there's a song that has been recommended but uh yeah i just have zero interest and that's that's sad to say but it's also the truth like i'm not going to sugarcoat it i just have zero i was not even curious you know what i'm saying to like press play on that mug so that's my thought process on him as as a rapper and can't say much about the album other than i just think that it's ridiculously too long
1: yeah uh I'll just say some things quickly, um, because I left a couple of voice message rants. So these guys know I've I've expressed myself thoroughly on this topic. Um, Number one, dramatic. The game struggles with having to constantly have this antic or this gimmick where he has to refer or latch himself on to other people's celebrity or to name drop people in order to stir up and conjure relevance for himself. You're right, G-Rock, he is a a rapper. You can, no one can take that away from him. In fact, he probably may be, maybe some people might argue that Lloyd Banks, but I mean, he's probably the best rapper in G-Unit, right? Um, but the lameness, I think, of his persona and these antics and the gimmicks that he has to do every time with the rollout is just, it's gotten, I think it's gotten tired. It's been tired, but it's really tired. Why would you name your album Drillmatic after Nas' you know, debut classic and which many people would argue is the best rap album ever made? And one of the reasons why that album is so good is because it has 10 songs on it. You decided to do 31 songs. That brings me to my second point. There's no way in hell the game's producers executive producers, label heads, or personal friends love him at all. Because no one with any common sense or knowledge about the the landscape of the music industry today would allow you to drop 31 songs. No one has that attention span. No one. We don't want to hear 31 songs from game. Like G-Rock said, he could have broke and hit boy is on a tear. So you got the right producer combo. But you could have dropped an EP of six songs, got the Internet aflame, waited three months, dropped another set of six songs, Internet aflame. He could have, with that much content and all of the features that he has, because out of 31, only five or six of the songs are just exclusively him. He could have had an entire year and a half of people just speaking about the game if, his, if he, all he wanted to do was showcase how good he could rap, because clearly you don't care about a cohesive concept album because you got 31 songs. So what that screams is that you're stream farming um, and you're just trying to get one hit that can get those 1500 spins or whatever and, and give you album sales. But that just, I mean, I just think there's something terribly awry with the game's artistic approach to creating albums or even promoting his own himself as an artist.
0: Yeah. So. Generally, the game makes pretty good albums historically. Um, I think there's only like I think I didn't listen to the Red album in 1992. Those are the only two albums of his I haven't listened to. Um, Everyone else outside of maybe LAX are pretty, pretty good. Um, Now, dramatic. I gave this a listen. Um, The intro. The intro is hard and then easy with Kanye was the second song. So, you know, he kind of eased us in the third song is a is a drill song, which I'm not really a fan of drill songs that take the traditional drill approach. I like how Kendrick approached it on uh, Mr. Morale and the big steppers, Um, but I didn't even hate on the drill song. Right. It was the number four voodoo. That was the song that I'm like, okay you felt this needed to be on this album. And then after that, I'm like, okay, so I already know you got skips on this album, so I'm losing interest. And then that Black Slim Shady song, hearing hearing about that before the album kind of turned me off because it seemed very clout-chasing. Um, yeah, it, the Eminem game versus talk got stirred up on Drink Champs, but to come out with a whole diss song, like, why? So that turned me off, and then so basically, I skimmed through the album. Uh, like I said, the intro is hard. I got an iced tea sample. Easy is a good song, but the only standouts to me, honestly, were um the song with game uh, with Pusha T and Two Chainz. No man falls. Um, all three of them rap very well. The beat is good. Two, I feel like Two Chainz got off a lot on there. Um, and then the start from scratch, too, which is a song from a, a part two of the song from the documentary. Um, and it has a, the getaway sample, the mob deep sample. So that's kind of a given. Um, those are the only two songs that I will be returning to from this album. Um, Drake with the braids was an interlude of game of Drake telling game why he couldn't. Give him a verse for the album. I'm like, why? Why would you put that on here? Like, yeah. I think he's just um, tried to put out a bunch of songs to try to get on playlists and stuff like that. But gang, we know you can rap, but stick to your niche. Like, let us keep saying you make good albums. Give us a 15 song album and let us say it's good. You know, with this, it's an hour and 51 minutes like God. I'm never listening to that whole album ever. So it's just it's just way too much music. Um it it's just too much. Yeah.
1: It doesn't take much in hip hop to move the needle if you have genuine talent. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a dearth of it amongst the young littles. And so if you are a standout artist, especially if you're a legacy act, which the game is at this point, then I mean. Think about like, and I gave these examples before, Black Thought puts out a 10 minute LA leaker freestyle, or maybe it was Funk Flex, I can't remember, move the needle for an entire month. Big Crit drops an eight minute freestyle, definitely LA leakers, moves the needle for an entire month. Saha the Prince drops a six minute freestyle on LA leakers, moves the needle for an entire month. If you can rap well, you don't have to put out an hour and 51 minutes of content in order to get people to remember and to recognize how ill you are. All you got to do is put out five tracks and they all hot and you got features and people are like, damn, game is back. Shoot, this mug is banging and they can actually digest it all and recognize it. And then, like I said, you can come out with another strategy, this stream farming technique. And he's not the only one. So we're not going to just blame him. Drake is another one who's been doing a lot of artists are doing it these days, but that strategy is diminishing the quality of the art. And the culture, at, the culture as a whole. And we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that topic a little bit more on another episode or whatever, because I think we're going to start seeing a pattern over the next couple of years of a lot of artists trying to just stream farm mm-hmm. and make content for playlists and stuff like that. And it's it's going to mess the game up. It could very well be part of the death of hip hop. I really do. I could foresee that. Any other comments about the game?
2: Nah. But. but- what can we say,
1: <laughs> artist number two that recently dropped music this weekend, Megan the Stallion and her album Tramazine? Tramazine led by the future featured, yes, led by the song uh,
2: featuring future. I think you could do a better job with introducing, you know, talking about that song. Precialistic. Yeah, I think you're leaving out some super important information about, oh, we're that. gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Um, but I wanted to ease us into
1: that because there's quite a few things here to talk about in this Megan the stallion segment. First, what are our thoughts on Megan the stallion as an artist and her recent struggles with relevance? Because it seems it seems she's become a caricature of herself, right? Like the only time, think about the last time you've ever heard Megan actually like give an interview or like speak.
2: You know, the last—if we being technical—the last interview wasn't probably one she wants to be remembered by.
1: Right. And so everything since then has been her shaking her behind. Yeah. She doesn't get invited places unless she's gonna twerk. Um, that's what I like
0: the twerking, Senator. Take the judgment out your (laughs) (laughs) voice.
1: No, but what I'm saying is, here's the thing. Here's the thing. My judgment is that that's all she's that's all she's given. Here's another artist like Game who can actually route like she can rap yeah but she relies on this antic and this gimmick so much that no one considers or values her talent as an artist as a rapper sincerely and she's not really putting quality effort from what it seems like into her craft right so my thoughts on her as an artist is that People have gotten tired of her shaking your behind, her twerking, because there's 50 other beautiful black women who who can shake their behind, and they're younger than you, and it's a new behind to twerk and look at. They
0: can't oh, yeah. do it like me, right? <laughs> I don't Josh, think... I, I,
1: said, I have studied. I've looked all over. Can't <laughs> find nobody. So I
2: get where you're going with it. I don't, I don't think that people... Have, I think you already said like the, the most important part? Like I don't I definitely don't think people have gotten tired of it. They they they're very both men and women are extremely fascinated. She's not, she's not your average twerker. Like she's extremely <laughs> talented at twerker twerking. I know you try to keep your eyes clean over there, my brother. But she she's a professional. She could she could sell a course on Teachable about twerking. <laughs> but my point outside of that, to your point, should I say it's not my point? To your point is that I think that she's become so known for her image that it it outshadows the music. And you're not really putting out music that's really disruptive, that's really penetrating, that's really resonating. Like, she's she's had some moments. She had the um, Savage record, which she ended up doing a remix with Beyonce. She had the Cardi B collaboration. And she's had other stuff, so I'm not trying to downplay her success. She's had other songs that people would deem good. But I'm talking about like charting records. Like I said, Savage, if I'm not mistaken, that definitely was like that charted for sure. But outside of that, that. she hasn't had like this plethora of songs like a Doja Cat or even like a Cardi B who, you know what I'm saying? When she puts out stuff, whether it's a really, really good record to you, it does well because people are invested in the image and they still support the music. Meg, I feel like it's more image-based than it is music and that's like completely like overshadowing the product
0: yeah i think megan is like a weird example of like on social media she's like she's like a star i I don't know if i should say superstar or just star but she's a star like when it comes to exposure and being seen but it just doesn't translate into her music sales for some reason and it's like the opposite of what happened in the early 2010s right so I think we talked about it on season one when I explained how Columbia Records expected Cole to sell 60,000 records and he sold like 220,000 records this first week and he wasn't really like the exposure back then in the early 2010s, like it wasn't out there. So for them to, for him to sell that many records was like surprising. And for me with Megan, it's surprising that with how much she's seen and how much she's talked about, she's only selling 50,000 records first week. That's the projection. That's the projection. Something isn't adding up and I don't know what it is, but, um, Maybe the music hasn't been all the way there. And that's that's those are typically the complaints that I've seen from women um, that they only like some of her songs. And like as far as whole projects, they don't really like them. But funny thing on this project, all I've been seeing is this is her best project. She's really rapping. And that's what I've been hearing. I haven't heard anything bad about this Meg album. I, I haven't listened to it, but I haven't heard anything bad about it.
1: Let's come back to that and, and and speaking on women's support for this project or their opinions about this project, because there's a couple of other really quick things about the Megan Thee Stallion album. One, again, it's called Trauma Zine. Um, There's poor album sales projections. First week projections are saying that she will sell somewhere between like 45 and 60,000, right? Maybe hitting 50, 50K. For an artist who has over 2 million followers on social media, that seems ridiculous. Am I overestimating her amount of followers?
2: No, I'm about to look it up. She has way more than 2 million followers. Oh, excuse
1: me. Um, but millions of followers. So let me correct myself. What we see is that social- No, literally
2: 29.4 million.
1: Wow. Damn. 29,
2: and that's on Instagram? Yes. And so to Josh's point, it's kind of, it's weird. Like, she's she's a super but you're not putting up superstar numbers well that's what but see that's what i'm saying guys because the people are tuning in to see her twerk and twerking, i already say i already said the point like that's why right. like, the image twerking, twerking of a soundbite.
1: yes a soundbite of 30 seconds of twerking is is worth the free price of admission on instagram but that doesn't translate to people wanting to buy your music or support you as a artist or as a person And that's why I say it diminishes the quality of her art and who she is. I think it's I think it objectifies her. I think it objectifies most women who put themselves out there like that. But that's a whole nother question as an artist, as an artist, I'll say.
0: For comparison's sake, Kendrick has 11.6 million followers and Cole has 7.7 million.
1: Yes. And both of them go platinum within like less than a month. Now hip hop is a is a man's sport, which is we're about to get into like us you' be honest, like it's a, yeah. definitely a male dominated sport culture. There's a lot of hip hop nerds out there like us who are guys who are gonna support and listen to to you know Kendrick Cole, whatever. But the other thing that's ridiculous about this, too, is that not only does social media following does not translate into album sales, but she's been complaining about her label, 50, 1501, and Carl Crawford not doing her right, not promoting this album, not putting stuff out there. And yet she I don't know if she bragged or thought this was like a, a dope flex to say or whatever. But she said that she created the song Pressurelicious. And as soon as she finished, she's like, man, this needs a future feature. This needs future on it. So Future happened to be in town in Houston at the same time she had finished the song. She got in contact with Future. Future said, I want 250 grand for a feature. She said, bet. Went and got cash, my niggas. Cash, money, put it in a SpongeBob backpack. I don't know about the SpongeBob part. I'm just throwing a little (laughs) something. Put it in a back, literally though. Put it in a backpack, hand delivered it to Future. Now, mind you, Future's feature, he gave her an entire track. He gave her an entire song. She got the full Future Hendrix experience, which they boiled down to just a verse. 250 grand for a feature. Now, some of y'all say that's not, that's, that's normal for A-list, you know, artists like Future. But, and and I'm sure maybe she's going to put that on the label's bill. That, I'm, I don't know if that came straight out of her pocket. But when you're talking about an album that's only going to sell 50K, and you spent more than that on a on a feature that doesn't make sense, guys. There's something rotten in Denmark, and something is not adding up too in terms of the label meeting her needs. Because if she was just so easy, if she was just it was so easy for her to get someone to get quarter million dollars for her, then why you can't have that same sort of influence being put into your art into the songs that you create?
0: Yeah. So apparently, this is her last album on. Carl Crawford's label. Mm-hmm. So this was the album to get her out of that contract. Um, so we may see more promotion for the music coming at since she's off that label. And maybe the sales will increase because of that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but for Future to request that amount of money, he definitely didn't like the song. Like, um, the only time I've heard, like, extremely... High prices for like features is when an artist doesn't really like a song or the artist doesn't fuck with the other artists. And or maybe, maybe future's just different, and he's like, I need my fee from everyone. But I can see I Future don't be see being a finesse
1: happening. and just be like, Give me, give me a quarter mil, just
2: cause.
0: Yeah. He ain't charging Drake quarter mil. Hell no, he ain't but they got a different situation. They got it's a, a different they, situation. They, they're Both
2: beneficial to each other. Future gives Drake this the street credibility that he that he he desperately is always looking for. And then obviously Future gets the, and not to disrespect him like he just needed, but he gets that Drake stimulus package. You know what I'm saying? He can, yeah. that that top tier, you know what I'm saying? Crossover appeal. He gets crossover Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appeal. So it's, it's definitely beneficial to both parties. So you ain't going to really come at your mans like that. But like I said, if it's somebody who you don't really rock like that with and you coming to me for a reason, because it's, it's, it's only a few top tier guys that you can go to for a feature. It's, 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 it is future Drake Kendrick Cole. I mean, I'm not counting, you know, Jay Z Kanye West. Obviously, them two as well. But really, those the guy go to if you want one of those features to be able to be like, damn. And obviously, in, in in no disrespect at all, I think Future is the most accessible one out of the names that I just named. If you if you want one, and he knows that, and it's so like, oh, I'm gonna put that tax on it.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think he believed in the song, but the way she tells the story is that he hadn't heard the song before she paid him. She just paid him and hadn't he hadn't laid a verse or spit anything, which I'm not paying you until I hear some I give you maybe like a third up front, and then let's hear what you got because I want to see your work ethic. But I think he may not have believed in the song either that the song would blow because the other thing is, if you think that the song is going to do well, which is why he doesn't charge Drake features like that, because they have a track record of making hit songs, so they know, he know, they all know, whenever they decide to put out another What what a Time to Be Alive or whatever, that mug is going out of here, to the moon, Alice, so he doesn't have to work because the residuals off of that is, is crazy, the residuals that they're getting off of Desires is still crazy, so I don't think he believed enough in this song's ability to take off, but I also could just see future being a finesse like that and be like, I don't know, you like that. Like, you know what I'm saying?
2: That's what I said. You know what I mean? Like this business interacts. at the end of the day, is business first, you know. what I'm saying, you know, art. And then if and if we got some type of rapport, then cool. You know, some people will swap it out. Like I've heard Jay-Z. Say that he don't charge, you know what I'm saying, for features, but I'm sure from a business standpoint, he makes sure that he gets a, a, enough points or whatever they call it in the industry where he's taken care of, where I don't need upfront money. Russ is another one who he was like, he does not charge for features and he does not pay for features. Like they work out some type of business right. at the end of the day. Like I'm not, you're going to make sure you get some paper. I'm just not paying you for a feature. Absolutely. But then you got some people in the industry is like, bro, like I know who I am and this is what I want. Like I, like I told y'all in the group, I'm pretty sure little baby and little Dirk, I'm sure they're probably charging anywhere between 80 and a hundred. So if they charging that,
0: Vince the, said the, the Lil big baby homie in the game, him.
2: what you think he charging? Say it again, Josh.
0: Vince Staples said, Lil Baby ain't charging for that verse.
1: Yeah, I th- that's what I'm saying. I think that there's a different cordiality. And here's, l- let's slide into this real quickly.
0: That's crazy.
2: That's, 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 I mean, that's, that's fire, be but that's it's, also, I don't say that's crazy, that's shocking, but go ahead.
1: But this could be a part of the boys club aspect of hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you my yeah. nigga, so I, you know, yeah, I just you
2: know went, know I saying? didn't know, you know that saying? Vince was on like so many like people's radar. Like, we love him, you know what I'm saying? But like, little Baby, but again, that's also me trying to, like, I guess, judge a book by his cover, like Lil Baby might be a big Vince Staples fan, I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you better put some respect on Lil Baby's
1: name. He, this man gets, goes to France and gets arrested. He's got people that run up to him in other countries in Europe. Lil le Baby, let baby, kiss my baby, little Baby. Yeah. You know le what I'm ba- saying?
2: Like, baby. Now that's hard though, I didn't know that Josh. Like, thank you for sharing that, that gem of information, that's super fire. But I want us to get into this real quickly. Josh just said that some women think that
1: this is her best album. My question is why? Right. And what are the things that women listen to and enjoy within hip hop music? Right. Like specifically. And maybe you guys you're on Twitter, Josh, and you're seeing women's you know, opinions about this. What is it that they like? Because my experience is that, you know, to find like a a, a hip hop nerd, that's a woman. That's that's rare. You know what I'm saying? You might get some women who like some songs and they might be familiar with certain artists, especially big name artists. But they don't they don't they ain't going to dig in the crates like that. A lot of right and if they do like hip hop they don't like hip hop you like hip hop you know what i'm saying you like the top 40 radio stuff yeah so what is it that women listen to and enjoy specifically about this album in general with rap music and g rock brought something up in the in the in our chat is that do women really support other women artists especially black women like that's been a question that that Kendrick brings up and uh we Cry together on Mr Morale uh, we've heard other women artists talk about this Give us your wisdom, Josh Angie rock Tell us what you think about this.
0: Um, so from what I've been hearing, people like about this Meg album is the rapping. Um, I think people have been disliking Meg taking the super pop approach. Um, so they like her getting back to her roots because she popped from doing freestyles and stuff like on YouTube. So I think people are appreciating that she got back to rapping on this album and it's not really poppy. Um, So that is for that, and then when it comes to women supporting women, Bill Burr has a hilarious joke on his uh, new special. It's about the WNBA and feminists and women. It's like it's super hilarious. Um, But yeah, I like if you get on social media, you'll see. Oh, y'all don't support women. Y'all don't do this. Y'all, but the women aren't actually doing it. Like, they rather argue about other people doing it than actually do support themselves, in my opinion. Um, cause I don't hear like, cause a lot of women, some women don't like sports already. So it's like, I don't like sports already. So I'm not gonna just go randomly watch a WNBA game because it's women. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's a part of it as well. Like, they're not just blindly supporting because it's already something that they're not necessarily interested in.
1: And you think that's Um, the same case with hip-hop? With rap music? It's like, uh, you know, that's kind of... That's
0: a boys' club. It's a gentleman's club. And when it comes to rap, I think think women are so overly sexualized in rap that... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's hard to just like them for their talent. It has to be connected to the other stuff. Um, But is
1: that the case for for women? Because my thing is like, I think when women get to a certain age, especially black women, or if they're of a certain mind, they are not trying to listen to dudes objectify women. And while they, you know, every woman is kind of like Beyonce with church girl, don't matter what your type of woman is, Every woman wants to have a time where they can kick it with their homegirls and get loose a little bit. It don't. We've seen that across across race. White girls like it's where everybody want to shake they behind a little bit. Sometimes get loose, right? So I'm not judging that. But what I'm saying is when that becomes the persona and the image that's pumped out, I think mature women, older women, women who have kids are like. I don't wanna be listening to this all the time. I don't feel comfortable riding to this on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a stripper. I don't do that strip club life. I'm not trying to, so there's nothing. I think there's just a dearth of listening opportunities for them within rap and hip hop culture. And sadly, the industry is not promoting or allowing a platform for real FemCs, right? Women who rap to be out there. How many women have heard of Rhapsody let alone are running to buy her, her albums?
0: Yeah, that's what—that's exactly who what I was about to ask about. Like, if if you present these women with rhapsody, will they listen and will they support? Will they like the music? They might not like it. Yeah, because I feel like it's been a
2: yeah a bar or a standard for women who rap, and I think it goes back to the like little Kims and Foxy Browns that, in my opinion set that bar and that standard to say like hey if you're a woman and you rap this is how you rap this is what you rap about and i mean look at history all of the successful women who rap have kind of had to not kind of have had to follow that lane with the exception of lauren hill Mm -hmm. with the exception hill every success she didn't even see her full potential if we're being honest every female who took on rap as a career, had to talk about their body. It was, it was it's the blueprint to success. It's like, bro, if this is what you're trying to do, it's almost like I heard, uh, I'm not going to misquote them, but 2 chains and Future both have gone on record to say, hey, I can rap about whatever, but I choose to rap about these specific things because that's what people want to hear. So I'm not about to drop a conscious album because they don't want to hear that from me as future. They don't want to hear that from me as 2 chains. So I'm going to give the people what they want, especially from a business perspective. If you're in it for business first, and art and integrity second or third, then it's the same thing with some of these women. Look at Lotto. Lotto could rap. Lotto could rap rap. But am I going to be successful if I take the Rhapsody? If I the same lane that Rhapsody went, think about Lotto. Like I saw Lotto when she was on Rap Game, Jermaine Dupri's. Right, you know, what I'm saying, me was, to
1: even think about Lotto in any sort of way because yeah, she was like, what, that's, that's what I'm saying, and I'm, I'm gonna wrap my
2: point because I know we you know our time and stuff like that. But like Lotto could have went either way, but you, we see the way that she went because it's the
0: most profitable. And let me let me wrap this up. That's all I got. um, I feel like women rap. Is kind of changing um, with the like the emergence of the Glorilla girl mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that. It's kind of getting the women are kind of rapping like the men now. And, and we have had that back in the day with, you know, like the Gangsta Boos and the chats mm-hmm. and stuff Shout like that. Shout out Gangsta
2: Boo and the chat. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I feel like it's coming back around to that where Glorilla, she's not the stereotypical, you know. She doesn't have the stereotypical sex appeal that the other women have in the, that rap in the industry, so with that, she might not have to hypersexualize herself. But I just, but I mean, yes, I
1: hope that that is the case. I just think that there's a culture within the industry of that's male dominated and that objectifies women on purpose and uses women as objects because that's part of the tradition of rap. But I also think it's system, just like we talk about systematic oppression against black people, specifically black men. I think we as black men, the gatekeepers of hip hop, we perpetuate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it puts women in these awkward positions to where, cause Rhapsody is not just the best female rapper alive. she's She is better than two thirds of her peers, male or female but she doesn't get the play and potential like that because she's not, she's not going to compromise her persona and shake her behind. She just like, because to 2 chains point and Future's point, yeah, she could rap ratchet, but she has integrity. And she chooses not to. And I just wish that there was a celebration of that standard, right? That was more permanent in hip hop than just Megan having 29 followers. Cause she shakes her behind
2: 29 million, excuse me, 29 million. Mm-hmm. Jid poor, poor. Jid, East, Jid. Atlanta's
1: on. East Atlanta's own East Atlanta's own,
2: Zone 6 bah! Yes, sir
1: Dance Now, new song by Jid Jid is like flawless record right now All of his features since uh, The Revenge of the Dreamers Part 3 A couple of years ago, I would say even since like DiCaprio 2, which is like going back to Like 20, what, 17, 18 I would just say that boy just knocks him out of the park Right, but he's gotten better since DiCaprio 2, that's what's crazy Like, um Surround Sound featuring Twenty One Savage came out at the top of this year. Flawless Victory, right now we got a new. Well, then there was the um, the uh, DJ Drama Dreamville stuff. He had Barry Simpson on there. He's on stick. They got a new video, Flawless Victory. Now he's got a new single, Dance <laughs> Now, that will also be on his new album, The Forever Story, which is coming out next Friday. This coming Friday, no, next Friday. No, it's two, could, weeks. two weeks. Twenty six. Two weeks, the twenty six. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't be more excited about it. Flawless Victory. You already know how I feel about this song. What are your thoughts about Jid, his approach, um, this song in comparison to surround sound? Are you excited about the album? What do you expect?
2: Well,
0: it's y'all know funny. I've been saying... Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it's funny. I was going through me and G-Rock's old text before the group chat got started, and we was talking about Jid, and uh, G-Rock said something like, yeah, he do be rapping, but it- it's too much sometimes. Like, But I think... I think Jid is finding his comfort zone of that, Mm. that area of, he can say what he want to say, but he doesn't have to be all wordy all the time. And he's finding that comfort zone. And I think dance now is another example of that. Um, I watched an interview with him on the podcast. He said, he's trying to create like a change in the guard. So he wants this album to be meaningful and impactful. Mm-hmm. And I hope it is um, the The first two songs on it, I think, are very good. Um, I'm hoping he has, you know, a, definitely a Cole feature. I want to see him and Cole spar back and forth again um, and kind of on a different song than the uh, get off my dick. Because that, mm-hmm. you know, that's just about like flow, like have a slower song with Cole. I want to see who who really, you know, is going to rap who. Yeah. Um, he tweeted something about a dot uh, feature. I hope that happens. Who? I want to see him and Dot go at uh, oh, okay, back yeah, and yeah. forth. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about this Jit album. I I think, I think it's gonna be special. I think we talked um uh, maybe in season one of like who, or maybe it just was in the group chat of who's gonna take that next step. And I and I think I said Jit could be that person. Absolutely. And and also. It was it was um reported you know heavily that he had more Spotify follow uh, listeners than J. Cole. And then we kind of did some research to compare him to like Corday. He has a lot of Spotify listeners. So I think this album maybe do better than what we expect based on stuff like that. So we'll see so give us a number,
1: Josh. What do you think? Predictions for features? Well, you already said features, but predictions for first week sales?
0: I'm gonna say he does like 80 to 100
2: Whew. first That's week. Good. That's pretty good. That'd be really good for him. G-Rock. I mean, just in comparison to Meg the stallion, which point four million, like and just just way more known and way more of a household name than Jid. I don't like calling him Jid, J-I-D. Um, Jid is weird, rolls weird off the tongue. And like, what the fuck is Jid? it sounds like it's something and not a rapper but um that's impressive though 80 to 100,000 is extremely impressive um so my quick thoughts on him is amazing lyricist great rapper be clear from Atlanta i think that like i told y'all in the group i feel like atlanta needs that balance because atlanta's rap scene is known for street rappers and and although jid may have had some type of ties or whatever he's not a street rapper he's not what you would categorize as a street rapper so to be able to say like the andre 3000s and you know i was i hate that i even led with that but like outcasts right andre and big boy and uh you know nick grants who i know he he isn't even really known like that and how the Princes and stuff like that like we have that balance in atlanta of we got the street street and then we got like the Catswell rap circles you know what i'm saying and and out of all of them i think that jid is is one of the ones that like he could be it's something missing he and i hate to compare him or whatever but he could be that kendrick cole drake he could be that next the new top three or whatever they want to call it or whatever it's just it's something missing whether it's image whether it's uh music that gets a that that gets the radio spin whatever the bpms and all the formulaic stuff that goes into making like a hit commercially viable music something missing it's not the talent it's just something you know what i'm saying and i think it's more image based but i'm excited for the album i hope that it does well and i think like i said i think that where we're from and, and how we've been dominating we need that balance and that offset to be like hey yeah we give y'all a lot of this but we also don't don't make don't get no mistake you know what i'm saying don't make no mistake like we rap rap too
1: i want to speak to the image thing real quickly and then we'll slide into our last two things of this episode but um
2: give me a number g-rock jeez josh was that with it man so i'll, I'll say honestly if he does if he if he does 40 to 50 that's good for him to be honest not not any of you trying to be disrespectful if he was to do 40 to 50 that's actually good what did earth gang do Take a look, Josh. Do you, if you can, Google what and what the did they do? do? Isaiah did what, 40, 42 or something? Yeah, yeah, like that? yeah but we're not gonna yeah. worry about that. Yeah.
1: Well, but I'm um, just saying, like, let's let keep it above. Sure, we can compare, but I, I'm I'm more curious about his label mates.
0: I think Earth Gang is a lot less known than I'm G- sure, bro. Yes, I'm sure absolutely. like 40 50 is
1: good. But that bro. gives us, but that's what I'm saying. That gives and us and I'm not comparison. trying to be funny
2: or trying to beat this into the ground, but Meg is projected to do 50 to 60, bro. It's right. Meg the Stallion. Right. That's what I'm so saying. So if, if JID does 40 to 50, that's not bad. That's I mean, bro, what did Rick Ross' last album do? It didn't listen, do that. I'm well. not saying that
1: that's bad. I'm what just saying, saying I have I have higher prediction, and I'm curious to see what he does in comparison to his label mates.
2: Okay.
0: I'm
1: not
2: trying to be disrespectful. That's, well, that's no, solid. Josh, as you I look- I can't me... even
0: find, find it really. No let words. On Twitter that's because they, cool. that's how low it was. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm not trying to be funny, bro. That's how low it was. It was nowhere near 40,000. Let me address the 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 missing thing with Jen.
1: I I think his image has gotten better over the years from where he first started. I think he kind of looked a lot like kind of look more of a kid or whatever. Um, And to his flow, you could tell, God, this kid can rap. But it was sometimes he was offbeat because he was trying to smush so many words into every bar. And it was like, like Josh said, it was just too wordy and it was too much. And he wasn't creating, he didn't have a flow that allowed you to like keep nod your head on beat and ride smoothly to it you're putting up too much work to listen to him. But he's he's grown a lot since then. And these two songs, Surround Sound and Dance Now are, are I mean, Dance Now is a radio, to me, that's a radio-friendly song. That, I, I love that song. I, could, I listen to that song a couple of times a day. Um, and I listen to Surround Sound like every day too. Um, but I think my biggest expectation for him with this project is he's got to make the concept come together. He's got to be able to stay on topic with at least a song or two that makes us understand what the never story his first album was trying to say to now the forever story. And what what does this mean? What are you trying to say? What does it say about you? Um, because I think his ability to tell a story is a part of going be is part of what that missing link is when it comes to making, I think a complete and quality album. We want I want to see that part of his arsenal um, because he doesn't have to prove to anyone that he can rap rap. You know, I think especially when it com- compared to his peer group, young southern rappers his age. Oh, I mean, he's he's out of here. He way better, way better.
0: So Earth Gang did 12K. Um JID did 17 K his with his last project. But I want to note that that did not come out on a Friday. It came out like in the middle of the week or something. And when you
1: like say that. his last project, you mean DiCaprio 2, not the Never Story? Yeah, DiCaprio 2. Uh-huh yeah I think he'll do i think he'll do um i think he can get sixty I think he can get sixty maybe seventy five I think it'll be interesting to see how much the numbers jump and i do want to say this real quickly about megan Thee stallion these are projections and not the final numbers usually projections are pretty accurate um or can be fairly accurate um and who knows like if if women are saying that this album is good and there's a great video or whatever that allows it like, to, to gain buzz, the second week projections can jump because Mr. Morale did the same thing, mm-hmm. right? And to her point, the label didn't push it. Like all of a sudden it was a surprise a week in advance, you had a Meg album coming out. Fair, barely felt like a week, it felt like a Wednesday. And then we knew the album was coming. So who knows what another week can do. All right, I want to get to this because this was this was out of these four projects, I mean, the best album complete project there was. Black Thought and Danger Mouse put out, uh, I know, Danger Mouse, right? But Black Thought and Danger Mouse put out um, an album together called Cheat Codes. Um, I just wanna start off and say that this is incredibly refreshing rap project. Like it's just, the beats are great. Black, it's Black Thought. But here's the thing to compare it to game, right? Black Thought did a 10 minute freestyle two years ago Move the needle for an entire month, really the whole year. Like no one else had a better freestyle that whole year, right? Him and Danger Mouse put out a 10 song album. It doesn't take that much to show people that you can rap. And I guarantee that that 10 albums in its entire, that 10 songs in its entirety is probably better than two thirds of the game's entire album. And that's, that, that's all I'm saying is that if you putting your effort into the art and you're sharpening your craft and your pen works, it doesn't take it. And you can even take a producer like Danger Mouse, who's a hell of a fire producer, but not necessarily known to be this great thing in hip hop. Like there's the NARS Barley thing, NARS Barkley thing that he did with CeeLo. He did this like remix uh, version of the Black Jay-Z's Black album. Right? But within hip hop, he's not this well-known producer. He's not hit boy, but the two of them together have an amazing, amazing project. Did Either one of you get a chance to listen to Cheat Codes?
0: Yeah, I listened to it. I didn't um, get, I didn't finish it. Um, like I didn't hear the Conway feature I think that might be like one of the only ones, maybe okay. like the last two tracks or something. But yeah, I, I think like that's it. like the I second like to
1: last song. It's very good. Play it again, too, when you get the chance, because I mean, and you like lo-fi stuff. Like we see the lo-fi in the background there, G-Rock. I mean, it is that type of like groove or what it makes you feel like you're listening to MF Doom, which by the way, MF Doom on is on there and it's snapping. You know what I'm saying? Doing a really, I mean, a really good Doom performance on there. Run the Jewels is on there. I mean, this is a lot of good, good rapping on this album. Joey Badass is on there. Um, and you can just let that mug Asap ride. Rocky. ASAP Rocky. You can just let that mug ride all the way through. And um, it's really good. And it's not, I mean, it's not even maybe 40 minutes. So Cheat Codes featuring Black Thought from the Roots and Danger Mouse. Gentlemen. Fish bowl of fun and we out. how y'all feel about today's episode so far?
2: feel
1: like good.
2: It. Yeah, I feel good. good. hmm Good conversation. Good conversation from great guys. Yee. <laughs> this, <is laughs> this is
1: the question I was dreading. But uh, if we needed a little sauce for the episode, here it goes. Mm. What's the most awkward sexual encounter or session you've ever had? Awkward, awkward, or just whatever awkward Ooh. sexual encounter or
2: session you have ever had. Yeah. I, when I was in, um, I used to. I love how G Rock just immediately has an answer for Yeah, when <laughs> I I used to I used to talk to this this young lady way back one two one two way back y'all yeah, remember that little exercise one two way back anyways um she went to Clark, shall name Shell. Remain nameless, mm-hmm. but it was weird. It was it was definitely like the influences of like media, right? Because it was the, it was the first and only time in my little small sexual encounter window where a woman just thought it was a good idea to just dig her fucking nails in my <laughs> back. And I told I told Tonyo is probably the only person I told this story to. How old were you? Uh, t- mm, twenty i thought this 22. nigga was about to say 12 years old <laughs> no 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 I, 12 hitting somebody at clark nigga, crown me um uh, <laughs> but uh, but i don't know 2022 20, or something like that so you know i'm i'm a, i'm attempting as as every time to put in my my best performance and you know i'm going and i'm flowing and i'm like you know ah okay wow and then i'm like ah and i'm like ah goddamn and i'm like you know like that shit hurt like stop stop like here's the fucking pillow like stop that hurts you're just it's abuse now like you know what i'm saying i, don't, I didn't know anything about safe words back then and that was deep, clearly like that was obviously like the most awkward because it was just like it was extremely like uncomfortable and it was very painful and you know you think you're so experienced at that time, the like the both of us. I think we both was just like wet behind the ears. You think you grown, but it's like, yo, don't don't do that shit. That's not yeah. unless you're like one of them people who like that inflict pain type shit. Like, I'm not one of them. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like my ancestors went through a lot with shit kitting on their fucking back. Don't put your nails in my back during a pleasure session. That shit was mad awkward, yo. Word did, up. Uh,
1: did that monkey stop the show?
2: No, it didn't. I kept stroking, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like <laughs> You know, what I mean, like she stopped with the nails, and then that was that was that. So that was obviously like you know, like when I answered that quick, that shit's there. It it left an impact, it left the left the mark. Take it away, JE. Uh, I, I,
0: man, I don't have a funny one. It ain't gotta be funny. Is it awkward? It's, it's just awkward. I want to bring the to bring the mood down. But so it was this girl I went to high school with, and she used to always like joke around because of my greater hair or whatever, like, oh, we need to have a baby so, so, I, so my baby can have some good hair. Like, just joking. And we eventually, you know, got in the same arena and we wanted to have sex or whatever, but I guess she was unsure. So once it started, she, like, started crying and was like, ah, oh, I think we'd be better as friends. Like, we shouldn't do this. So, like, I immediately, you know, of stop course. and, you know, end things. But it's it's good that me and her still, like, can have a conversation to this day. So, you know. Nah, that's, dope. that's dope. That's dope. That was definitely
2: awkward, though. That's for sure awkward. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, that's that's super dope. Because sometimes stuff can be so awkward where people just don't know how to even communicate anymore. You yeah. know what I'm right. saying? It's right. like I hadn't talked right. to so-and-so since. So, Senator,
1: yeah, I'm trying to think of a sexual encounter that wasn't awkward. Um, <laughs> it's not the story of my life. Um, no, seriously. Um, I don't want to bring the mood down either, or like talk about my trauma. But probably my very first one. My very first one. Um, I feel like my dad hooked me up with this girl. Like, so his, so there was a, he was staying off of Hamilton um, Road in Cascade Ponds. Mm. and so he invited this woman over and she brought her daughter over and um and so we were like kicking it at the crib and then they dropped us off at magic johnson movie theaters to see something i'm trying to remember what movie it was
2: mm. um, okay.
1: yeah but you know of course and i'm i'm 15 maybe at this time like 15 and so i'm you know my hands all 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 over her right in the movie theater and they come they pick us back up we go back to my dad's apartment. They, him and the woman, they go into the bedroom and they close the door. So it's just me and Shouty, like on the couch watching HBO, right? At 15, 14 years old. Skin Max. Yeah, basically something. <laughs> and so and so we're kissing, heavy petty, clothes are coming off, all of this type of stuff. And like, and she just doesn't stop me. Like, I pull down my pants, pull down her pants and i'm like wow this is actually really ha- this is happening you know what i'm saying and uh and I, I mean i'm 15 and this is my first time having sex so this is you know nothing, <laughs> no like, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um hell i'm 40 and that still happens um but so and so that ha- that's round one cuz I, I was not to go to <laughs> oh, that was a round 15, <laughs> 15. <laughs> a 15 So she gets up and she goes into the, to the guest bedroom, my, which is my bedroom at my dad's house. Oh, my mom's going to kill me. And um, she gets in the bed and she's like asleep. Right. And I'm like, maybe like, you know, she's in my bed. Like, maybe this is a sign. Like I'm going to try this again. You know what I'm saying? And so I go in again or whatever. And this time it's kind of like, I don't know if she's asleep or awake, like it's very dead fish type thing or whatever. But I mean, that monkey didn't stop the show. You know what I'm saying? I did it. But here's the part where it gets sad. So after that, literally the day after that, her and her mom like left, like they went, like she was visiting from Virginia or whatever. And I never saw her again. I do remember her name, but I won't say her name, but I've never seen this girl again. I don't know how she felt about it. I don't know what was going through her mind in the midst of it. I don't know if my dad really did that on purpose because he felt like it was just time. Like, obviously he had to have known, like if clearly this woman is in the bedroom with you and you're smashing, like you gotta be smashing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I doubt he was praying for it. You know what I'm saying? You know,
0: Pops had two on two. He, he just needed you. I, I, that <laughs> might've
1: been the case. The that might have been the case. Two. I mean, I was staying with him that summer or that weekend or whatever and he was probably like, "Oh yeah, we'll bring your daughter by." Like it's I think that's exactly what happened, but it's just weird when I think about like that's my first sexual encounter and like I had no pre no context for this person for what was happening, what was going down. It was just like it's just weird, man. And that's that's what I talked to my psychiatrist about um on a weekly basis. So,
2: do you feel like if you saw her tomorrow at your local uh you know whole foods or trader joe's would you would you be able to recognize her would it click like that's so and so
1: maybe like she has certain there's certain features that maybe might like get me to like give a second look or whatever um but i mean that's
2: granted if she has those same features exactly I mean, she kind of had like
1: some chubby cheeks or whatever you know what i'm saying but again she was probably like 13 14 you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying so and again, I'm 40, so just that's 20 plus years.
2: Ago. Yeah, I was just, I was just wondering. I was in the mall yesterday, and it's I mean, now what would be we, trippy, we have No relationship or anything like that, but a girl from high school that I probably haven't seen since like 2000, 2001 was in the mall yesterday. Had a mask on. She was with her boyfriend, and her husband. We're both. She's walking out the store. I'm walking in the store. We both lock eyes, and immediately we, you know, what I'm saying I could. We spoke. But that's just somebody that I hadn't seen since high school that still looked pretty much the same, and I still look pretty much the same. So that's why I was asking you that. Right?
1: No, no. What would be crazy? And I've thought about this before. And uh, maybe we need to do story time with Senator. Um, but even that that situation that you referred to that one time on a few episodes back, like I I wonder like
2: which one has I'd been be, so many.
1: No, we, we'll be okay. Um. uh If what if what if she like had a baby and her baby or wait, at this point it wouldn't be a baby? Like what if I you know I met her and like. You know, I have like a 25 year old son.
2: That would be fucking crazy, bro. Like, I can I can never laugh at situations like I mean, I'm not, not that you were trying to be funny, but that would be ridiculous. That would, crazy, be, insane. That
0: would be insane. That would you Y'all know I got a new sister that way. So, damn, that's
2: you, right? Facts.
0: Damn. Y'all know we get deep on Don't Trust the Punch, man. So, I don't think I spoke about it on here, but I found out I had another sister through ancestry.com. And she was my manager at my previous job. It wow. was real freaky, real weird.
2: Yeah. And it got real awkward they had sex, y'all. So it was just no. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I told her, she said that too. She she was like, man, I'm glad nothing like that ever. I'm like, I don't think Boy, God what? would do me like that. I don't that think that would God be super. Would awkward. Like that. Nah, that would be like Cause I wasn't really attracted. I wasn't attracted to her. So that's why I think God wouldn't do me like that. That's
2: okay. Good. That's yeah. Good. Shout out because that would have been. Situations will arise,
0: but you gotta tell your daddy about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what <that> happened, <laughs> Jace? This is your sister and your cousin at the same time. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you, then. Hey,
2: Josh. You you open this thing up, man. Close us out. Yes, sir. All
0: right, y'all. That this has been Don't Trust the Punch, episode eight of season two. And we out. Yes, sir.